I'm Kelsey Hampton. I am a third grader at Summerfield Elementary School. I study musical theater at Stage Light Studios. The woman who most influences me is Diane Carroll. Diane Carroll was born on July 17, 1935, in New York. She's a singer, stage, and television actress. Miss Carroll has received many awards for both her screen and stage performances. She is the first black woman to receive a Tony Award for Best Performances by a Leading Actress. In 1974, Miss Carroll became one of the few African-American women to be nominated for an Oscar. Miss Carroll is a breast cancer survivor. She has appeared on numerous television shows. I thank you, Miss Diane Carroll, for your 63 years in performing arts. This podcast has been brought to you by 4i Production. And now, let's start the show. some of it I haven't had um, a listen all the way through but what I've heard I'll be liking it or whatever me too this <laughs> one uh, the one you just heard is my favorite song from the album X it's Kendrick Lamar and 2 Chains." so lit if you haven't heard that I yet did, you gotta I go did. back and hear oh, I did hear so that um, because when I heard it and I heard 2 Chains, um, it instantly made me think of um, the album that just came out Eminem's album mm-hmm um, and Two Chains was on one of Eminem's remixes, and I feel like he, I mean, was thinking to himself like, "Okay, I'm on this on this record with Eminem. Let me kind of elevate, you know, and kind of be like a baby Eminem, sort of speak." And I was just Two like, chains? "Yeah," and I was just like, Two Chains, just you know, he like he switched up his flow and tried to get really lyric. Not try because he is he can yeah. be lyrical, but he got really more lyrical than the stuff you hear on the radio. Okay, and I was like, but two chains, we love you because you are two chains. So just be just be your normal two chain self. Okay. So when I heard this, I was like, yeah, now this is what I like. This back is to two, reality. Yeah, back this is two chains. I like. Okay. Cool. Um. Well, happy Black History Month. We're still in here. Happy Black History Month. It's not over yet. It is not over, and we are in it and loving it. Indeed. I am a girl named Tiffany. And I'm Courtney B. And welcome back to the eighth episode of the Culture Shock Podcast. Unbelievable. Eight whole wide episodes. Yes. That's crazy. It's going to be nothing when we get to like 20 and then 100 and so forth and so on. We having a party, okay? You didn't Who coming to the party? Did you just whip your hair back and forth? I did, because that's how I'm going to do when we get to 25, 50, 100, or whatever. And we're going to let you, too. We're going to let you be black <laughs> and excellent. Um, as if you were in Black Panther, but we're going to talk about that a little bit. Oh, my God. We're going to talk about Black Panther. All episode. All episode. So, you uh, listen, disclaimer, if you're not ready oh, to yes. put the X across your chest and break it, or if you have not seen the movie, don't. Stop listening right now. We'll still be here whenever you get ready. Right. Go back to SoundCloud. Go to the links in our bios. Go to Culture Shop Podcast on IG next week after you've listened because we are going to be giving out spoilers. Like, because you, sh- you should have went and seen it this past weekend. You should have, you know, you sh- should have got out there. I'm not trying to judge anybody, but if you haven't seen it by the time you hear this episode, which is on Tuesday... The Tuesday after opening weekend, and they technically started showing it on Wednesday of last week. <laughs> I can't help you, bro. Yeah, you you late. 
you got to get it together. So, you know, it's not like you, you can scroll and we're on your Facebook and just spoiling stuff. It's different. So we're telling you now, if you haven't seen it, you might want to take a commercial break and join us later on in the later. week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> facts on facts on facts. So what did you do this weekend? Are we starting at Black Panther or because <laughs> that's when my weekend started because all day on Friday I could not focus on anything but Wakanda. We can. And booking my ticket. That's all I could focus on. I couldn't think about anything else on Friday. Wait a minute. So you had already gone to Wakanda before Friday because I went there with you. That's what on I'm saying. Thursday. Yeah, so that's when like my weekend started on Thursday. Because okay. Friday I was no more good. All right, let's go. And um, then what? So and okay, we're, we're gonna good. talk about going to Wakanda. So what was Friday? Friday, I met some girlfriends that I um, I met them out, and I haven't seen them in a long time. We went to dinner um, uptown at this um, bar and bistro called Essex, and I wanted to go there for my birthday last year, but um, especially during the summer, they have like an open outdoor terrace section right uptown, and so it always gets you know, reserved and there's no table. So I wasn't able to go for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went, um, the food was good. The drink was horrible. It was supposed to be mm-hmm. a Moscow mule and it was just like ginger beer. Just, like, a, just a mule. It was just a mule. It wasn't no Moscow to be fair. <laughs> and I was just like, man, this drink was like $13 and it was terrible. You know, you can send your drink back if it doesn't taste I good. I hate doing that. I know, but you also pay money, like your hard earned dollars. To buy a thirteen dollar drink, if you don't like it, send it back. True, true you're true. not you're not a rude person as long as you're not throwing the drink back at the waitress or the bartender. I know. I just don't. I don't know. I just don't want to seem like. Don't care about how you <laughs> seem. Don't waste your money. Don't. That's my word for the week. Don't. Don't. That's right. Just don't. Period. Don't. Um. So that was Friday. That was good. And then Saturday. I went to visit my mom because Sunday was her birthday. We're, we're, nice. This, this is going to be airing on Tuesday. So Sunday would have been her birthday. Hung out with her. Happy belated birthday. Happy birthday, mama. Mama Courtney B. Mama B. Mama B. <laughs> I like that. Mama B. Um, and what else did I do? Gosh, I just feel like I've just been reading and watching and listening. Um, I watched some documentaries about... Um, vaccinations and you know how scary they can be and and you know um how these big pharma companies are basically pushing these drugs on us and and you know our health is being bought basically right watch some documentaries um did a whole bunch of research got my mind prepared for a cleanse that i'm starting tomorrow okay um i like it and that's pretty much it what did you do this weekend so black panther <laughs> mm-hmm. i went to wakanda um i did a really, really nice brunch on Saturday. We went to the gun range. I, we shot every gun that you could possibly think of. Uh, shotgun, um, nines, forty calibers. Just, you know, a little target practice at this place that we, we normally go to. And then Black Panther. <laughs> um, and then it was President's Day on Monday. So, shout out to 44 Barack Hussein Obama. Yeah, because we can't really celebrate President's Day because we don't have a president. Right. So we we only can celebrate pay, him. Pay homage to forty four. Yes. Um, and then I can pay homage to JFK too. True. I also watched a documentary. You know, you and I have been talking about Black Panthers and Huey P. Newton and 
I watched a documentary on um, Netflix on Sunday night. The Vanguard? Saturday night. Of, yes, yes, it was so good. So good. That came on PBS originally, yep. and I missed it. And then one night I was scrolling on Netflix, and I saw it, and I was like, yes, yes, yes. yes. And just to see, you know, Huey and... Bobby Seal, Eldridge, Fred Hampton, um, even, you know, the women that were involved in um, the, in the, the Black Panther Party, mm-hmm. too, was really good. Frederica, um, it's another another um, notable one. Her, I think her last name is Brown. I can't remember what her first name is. But um, that documentary was everything. It was, but it also gave me a different perspective whenever I, to hear those firsthand accounts and then to, you know... I, I had already seen Black Panther twice by the time I watched this documentary, like the uh, Marvel movie. And then to come and watch this, and and I'll discuss this later on in the show, but to think of like the way that they reverence women and their intellect and their abilities in Wakanda, right? Mm-hmm. And then to hear the women of the actual Black Panther Party saying... You know, black women have this way of doing the right thing when nobody else is doing it, being brave when nobody else is doing it. And it's so fascinating to me that people don't listen to black women more often. And so even with some of those women, they were discussing how, like, they wanted to carry arms and they wanted to kind of switch some of the roles, have some of the men making the breakfast instead of them making the breakfast and having the women carrying their guns. And then... Turns out in one of the shootouts, you know, it was a woman that had to go out there first Mm -hmm. and be brave so that nobody else would get shot. Yes. It's just kind of crazy to hear about some of the sexism and not trying to put a a negative, um, a damper, you know, on what the Black Panther Party means to us Mm -hmm. as a people. Um, But that's something that they had to battle even then. And we still are. Absolutely. We still are battling gender roles Uh and you know you never hear um people say you know well let the woman lead Uh and you you never hear that it's always let the man lead and you should follow and it's like no but what if he's leading me off a damn cliff like it not to say that he's got to be perfect all the time but then if if you are leading me off a cliff it's my responsibility to be like "Eh, wait you take a step back and let me handle this part because that's what we're here for. We're here to help each other right. and to push each other forward. The exchange is important. Right, right. And and they had to take that into consideration. And the party was, it was better for it. I mean, like, think about Afeni Shakur. And she was a part of the the um, the group of Panthers that were, you know, um, brought up on those conspiracy charges mm-hmm. and facing all those life sentences. And, you know, she was in jail pregnant. So, right. I mean... Women be running shit. So black women. <laughs> just seeing the them in the positions of power in the movie, um, like from the video. Mm-hmm. Now you, did you see Kendrick's all the star? Well Kendrick. I did. Seen. And oh, now it makes sense yes. at the end of the video when he's walking up and it's those four African queens and they're like twenty feet tall and then he's like looking up at them like now it makes sense. Right. It makes sense. What a visual. So, to wrap up, to wrap up my um, weekend in review, there's that, and then there was Black Panther. I don't know if I said Black Panther <laughs> and Black Panther and Black Panther and all these great stars and the Dora Milaje, aka the adored ones. Now I'm thinking about shaving my head bald. It's just 
One I'm thing not I my don't don't do me like that. My I can get it low. Nice. Oh, okay. You talking about you? Yeah, I can. Because I, I was gonna say I got a nice shape here. Thank you very much. You can you can rock it. Thank you, sister over here. Now she needs <laughs> she need a little bit extra. You look fantastic. A little bit extra than a bald. I can't do a bald. You look can't be looking like a girl either way. Can't be looking like a tennis ball. Like Serena gonna come mm. up at any minute and just. Knock it out of front. No. I won't let nobody talk junk about you. No. Well, you know what? Have my back. I will at all times. Um, so other than that, a recap from last week. You know, we had the um, crazy in love episode. Got me looking so crazy right now. Mm-hmm. I got so much. <laughs> so many people were like hitting me up saying, you are crazy. No, seriously. Or why didn't you tell this story? I'm like, first of all, Mm-mm. you try me. I don't me. need to know all your business. You try me. I can't tell all the business. Like, but I feel like that was a funny episode. Like somebody um messaged me and was like, shout out to YOLO. When I tell you I hollered. I would have too. <laughs> you know, I was like, F YOLO. Somebody said, um, you know, you made the comment about being uh low salt content. And somebody was like, the lie detector test determined that that was a lie because she seemed pretty salty about Idris getting married. <laughs> I was. I was a little, I was a tad bit salty. But it's you, okay. It's okay. You know, I will always be here if he needs me. Like Whitney says, I will always love you. Oh my God. I'm just letting, I'm just letting Idris You're putting know. it out there in the atmosphere and I don't blame you for that. I mean, I will always love you no matter what. I got your back. I got you. Like Wanda from A Living Color. <laughs> I got you. So if it don't work out, I'm here. See, y'all not even real Idris fans. Y'all don't even know that he got a secret IG account. His IG ain't even Idris L because somebody sent it to me and I was like, mm-hmm, so you don't, you don't love How Idris? How do you know that? Be- I... Be- I'm Idris's book. I, Come that's on. not what I'm asking. I'm asking how did you find it? You know, because what? I, I am a stan. Then we, then what am I word? You got to be a stan for your for your boo. I'm a stan for my boo, that's so true. I know that that is not his real IG. I know his real IG, you and I ain't that. telling none of y'all because y'all don't need to be on there. I'm Boop. gonna find out when the episode is over. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you when the episode. I can't tell the people that I'm podcast land right now. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna try to. You know. <laughs> Anyway, um, but I also, so as far as shout outs, I wanted to definitely give a shout out since Black Panther is doing so well to Nate Moore and to Ryan Coogler, who we've already discussed on the show and the entire cast of um, Black Panther. Shout out to Fred T. Joseph. I don't know if you remember him, but he's the one who started the Black Panther challenge, raising all the money to make sure that the kids can go see. And I really, I really believe that. He is the reason why Black Panther, or one of the main reasons why Black Panther is doing so well. It was going to do well anyway, but you know, people have bought out theaters just keeping up with that challenge Mm -hmm. so that other people can go. And even if people couldn't afford to buy out an entire theater, there are people who have said, okay, I'm going to buy four tickets for four kids in my neighborhood, so forth and so on. And so it's just really turned into a thing. They, I think... Some of the original numbers were projected to be like 170 million Way more for than that. opening weekend. And the last thing I saw today, thus far, and the showings aren't over, was like 213 <sighs> million in in under a week. Mm-hmm. That's like opening weekend. Of. Yeah, four day opening weekend. We showed up and showed out. Yes, we did. I know they got listen. And traditional, and three gar- times and traditional garb and all. Oh my gosh, that's a whole. 
You want to talk about that right quick? People really showed up and showed out for this movie. They look so fantastic oh in their, gosh. you know, traditional African garb. Even people who, you know, didn't own dashikis before. I know some people were cat or we were catching flack the collective um, because people are like, oh, well, you don't know what you're wearing. Blah blah. blah. We don't. That doesn't uh, matter. And that that just goes give into me a, a break. Whole, right. That just goes into a whole discussion that I was having not too long ago. Or sometime this weekend about the disconnect, the previous disconnect between Africans and Girl. Black Americans. Girl, don't let and, me don't let let me sip this and please sip your wine. I'm not trying to offend nobody, but call a thing a thing. Right, I'm gonna let you go ahead. I'm, no, it. Speak. I think I understand from both. I mean, I don't. I can't relate because I'm not from. I mean, I'm not African. I'm of African descent. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm a black American and I never did understand when I was growing up, like, well, why do y'all, not all of them, but I'm just saying like, (laughs) why do y'all despise us so much? We didn't ask that our ancestors didn't ask to come here. Um, And I was reading not too long ago about how a lot of Africans are not taught about the middle passage. So Mm -hmm. if they've never been here and they don't have, or sometimes when they do have kin, here, they're just thinking that we all live this lavish life. Even if they're living a lavish life in Africa, they're just thinking, you know, that we have the same liberties, don't understand, you know, why we're complaining. And then they get over here and find out we, you know, face or our ancestors have faced something awful. Right. And just, you know, a callback to what you said, we are of African descent. We're not African. And I think that it is a beautiful thing that, you know, if you're like a first generation, um, you know, African here or, you know, your your parents or were the first generation, you're the second and you're able to go to Africa and you have family there and you know what it's like and you bring all your traditions right. with you and you're able to celebrate. I, I think that's a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. but it doesn't negate the importance of our culture as black Americans and our traditions that we had to just build from the ground up. Right. Like nobody passed these things to us. We had to do this from scratch. We had to make this community from scratch. So I'm never going to let someone just because you can call somebody in Africa as you know, that's your family. Like you have people there and I can't make, me feel like mm-hmm. I'm any less than you because right. at the same time you came here. Right. It's kind of like we, you came here by choice. We definitely don't fit in, you know, with white America and then you don't want us or didn't because I'm speaking, you know, in the past and I know some people still feel this way, but I don't think that it's as bad as it once was. Right. Um, but I would just request that, you know, Africans maybe who have, had that attitude in the past have a little bit of sympathy man because Mm -hmm. we really did have to start from a place of nowhere we were stripped of everything our name our culture our our religions everything our families were split apart and so no we still don't know where we come from unless we take one of those dna tests and it may not be accurate exactly I, i believe some i believe some of that is just farce like it's a money thing like how can you actually tell exact i mean i'm sure you can with dna but i just don't know how much i would trust that right because you could be telling me anything like who's actually running the dna right <laughs> like who are these people and i've never done it so i mean if you're listening and you've done ancestry.com or 23andme or whatever it is you know drop us a comment and let us know like how does that actually work because i would love to know 
how it works. Just going back to Black Panther, I think um, I was watching the because I've watched a lot of interviews before and after watching the movie, before and after watching the movie, before and after watching the movie, and I will watch the movie mm-hmm. again. I just like to throw that out there. That's how many times I've seen it. But um, Chadwick was Chadwick Boseman was saying um, that he did African ancestry. Um, and it kind of showed him not just the region, but specifics. So, again, mm-hmm. I don't know how that works, but... Yeah, I seen... Um, who who was famous that I saw? I saw Erica Badu. She did hers. Um, and, I mean, they were able to locate, like, the exact tribe. Wow. Region, tribe, and everything. And so, um, that was really good. And, and, and a reason why I thought that it made a lot of sense was because it's a huge whatever that region that was determined um there's a lot of you know people from that region in the part of Dallas Texas where she where she's from so it made a lot of sense but I mean I just I don't know like it would just first of all my my family is so like splintered Mm -hmm. I probably would I would just have to do ancestry and just go off me like I don't think I would be able to even trace everything back because it's so splintered, which is unfortunate. But, I mean, I don't know. I just think when you look at us, you know we're all from essentially the same place. Yeah. We're a part of the diaspora somewhere. Right. And so we should just love each other, whether you're black, whether you're from Africa, whether you're Afro-Latina, whatever. We should just all come together. And I think that with this movie, if you are... African and you see everybody so excited about the movie and wanting to dress up like that should that should make you be proud. If nothing else, you're paying homage to that culture. Right. In a respectful way. I mean, I was proud. Courtney be proud. Speaking of proud, I got to talk about Kelsey. Cuz please. <laughs> please shout out to Ke- Thank you so much. She enhanced our show this week. Yes, she did. Um so at the beginning of the show, guys, that was my niece Kelsey Hampton, and she's a little actress herself. She's um, in plays. She dances. And I just want to give a shout out to her. She actually submitted that reading of that um, of that statement to 102 Jams to be played on the radio. And when her mom sent it to me, I was like, we got to put this on the podcast. So shout out to Kelsey and Sadie, her little sister, and her parents. And thank you for letting her be on the um, Culture Shock podcast and letting everybody hear her voice and talk about her influence um, from Diane Carroll. So thank you. Yeah, thanks so much, sweetheart. And, you know, actually she's inspired us to do a show about film. So mm-hmm. everything came full circle, full right? Full circle. Because we're going to discuss film today. Black Panther came out. Kelsey graced our show. <laughs> it's going to be perfect. Awesome. Um, so, good, bad, and indifferent. What you got going on this week or last week? Um, Good, bad. Okay. Let's just talk about the elephant in the room. Okay, and that is? Besides Black Panther. The shooting in Florida. All right. That was that was really the main, one of the main things that has just really bothered me because, and, I, and see, this would be a good conversation to have because you talked about your love for guns at the beginning. I did, I which did. Which I, I have a gun permit too, too. While I was talking. So, you know, and I definitely feel like we should have the right to arm and protect ourselves. Absolutely. But where do we go from this point? 
What do we do? Because I don't think that, I definitely don't think that guns should be banned or limited. But other than range purposes or whatever, do you feel it's appropriate for people to have assault rifles? That is a very complex thing for me. Um, well, you're not crazy. I, that's not crazy. Right, that's true. That's true. You're not I, crazy. What I do think a better thing for me to address is how easy it is to attain a gun, period, mm-hmm. and then to purchase um, assault rifles, just in general. I don't think that you should be able to purchase a gun before you can have a drink. Right. Before you can 18, purchase a drink, but you before drink. you can buy a car, you know, on your own, before you can rent a car. I think that um, there are a lot of things that need to change, and I personally don't know where to start other than the age requirement is just too young. It really is. And I think it's the, it should be an age requirement and, like, a limit. Like, why do you need, like... 10 or 15 like the guy in Vegas mm-hmm. I mean just like bought up so many guns at once right like does that not send it off a red off exactly. flag and then I was reading something else where apparently and this is allegedly I'm not certain because I didn't read it because I was driving and mm-hmm. I couldn't be on my phone but I saw a news report that basically stated that somebody had gave a tip to the FBI about this boy I saw that too and nothing was done no so then whose responsibility, and this is just rhetorical, I'm not expecting you to answer it, but when you know that the information is out there, just like the young lady that you and I were discussing, I saw the clip on CNN, and I'm not sure where you saw it, but um, when she was saying, and the, her peers were saying, well, none of us are surprised because we always said he would be the kind of guy to do that, or he's threatened to do that before. It's kind of like whose responsibility is it once you find out that someone is making those kinds of threats? Right. Because at this point, it wasn't a threat. Like, he carried it out. And so, I just, like, this really has me considering, like, if I have a kid, I right. hope that I am in the position to homeschool, homeschool. them. I say it all Because, the time. I mean, we can just take ourselves out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have the time for it. And then people are saying, I mean, it's just so many things to think about. You know, you don't ever see it's it's rare that you see these types of things at schools where there's a high population of black and brown students because they have metal detectors. They have police everywhere. Mm -hmm. So what does that tell you? Number one. The second thing is. I mean, a black man can go and run a stop sign and not make it home. But this boy killed 17 people in. I mean, just went on went on to the jailhouse like, oh, yeah, just turn around. Like, I mean, not to say that you should just kill somebody, but it's just the contrast between the two is just alarming, and it's blatant to what that is. It He's really mentally is. ill. He's a mentally ill, broken child, but you try 13- and 14-year-old black males as adults, no no questions asked. Right. That's the other thing that I didn't like. Yes, I understand that he is mentally disturbed. Um, and I also read today that his brother, they committed his brother, his younger brother. I'm not sure how old he is, um, but a story came out saying that they committed his brother today or yesterday also. I understand that he's mentally ill, but I also don't like the way that immediately the media started saying things like, well, his mom died and his dad died and 
this happened or that happened, it's kind of like, okay, there are other kids who go through things. And I'm the same Because we have discussed mental illness on this show already. I am not trying to minimize it in any way. It, It was just alarming to me that that was the very first thing that they tried to do so that they could diffuse, you know, what America or what we were thinking about him. They wanted to portray him in a certain way. Much like when, you know, young white guys who are in college or not even that young, like getting ready to graduate in their 20s or even young politicians maybe in their 30s who misbehave. And it's like, you know, but he's just a young kid doing X, Y, Z. No, it's fine if you want to describe people that way, but you don't show that same leniency when it comes to young black boys. No, or they're frat boys or Mm -hmm. when... You know, the Eagles won the Super Bowl and they're out there tearing up Philadelphia. Yeah, that's it wasn't, okay. But they never called it a riot. No, never called it a riot. Never said, why are they tearing up their own city? And maybe, like they do when, you know, a large group of black folks or brown folks are protesting and then agitators come or the police are the agitators and chaos breaks out. Mm-hmm. None of that is said. It's It's just, it just pisses me off. But something has to be done. Besides thoughts and prayers. Yeah, because that, that's not going to move. Something should have been done at Columbine. Something should have been done at Newtown. I was just thinking about Columbine the other day because I was in school. I was when too. When Columbine happened and that's when, you know, we had to, they had to the change. The trench coat policy. mafia. Exactly. And kids started coming to school dressed like, you know, dressing with, because we always had like kids who dressed in grunge. Mm-hmm. But it just got more excessive and, you know, some of them may have just been trying to scare the rest of the kids who shun them on a regular basis anyway. Um, but I remember, like, being having to go into lockdown when there was a threat. We never went through that before Columbine happened. And that was pretty scary. Um, but something that you touched on a few minutes ago is the difference between, like, how they treat young white kids and how they treat you know, young black people, um, and, uh, Korean Gaines is, is a prime example. Mm-hmm. You know, they came to her door basically and forgive me, um, or help me get the story right. But they basically came to her door because she missed a court date for a traffic violation and she lost her life by the end of that day. Yeah. Not only did she get shot, but her five-year-old son got shot. Mm-hmm. Luckily, um, the guy in the apartment, I can't remember if it was her boyfriend or, you know, I don't think it was her husband, but uh, left with the one-year-old because we never know what would have happened. But they came in, they fired around at her, she fired back, they were in her house. Mm-hmm. And then they, of course, killed her at that point and shot her five-year-old son. Fortunately, he didn't die. Right. Um, I read something recently saying that I think the family was awarded $37 million, but that doesn't bring Corinne back. It doesn't bring Karen back. And, and she was only 23 years old at the time. I think that was in 2016. The money doesn't bring her back. It doesn't re- it doesn't rectify the situation. And at the end of the day, what what city and state was that in? It was in Baltimore. So basically the taxpayers of Baltimore awarded her 37 million dollars. Cuz the police the police didn't, didn't pay know. that. Right. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, they got a settlement which they shouldn't even be thinking about because she should be here with her kids, but the taxpayers eat that. Mm-hmm. The police that shot her aren't paying that out of their pocket. That's right. So, I mean, who really, what what good did, has that really done anybody? 
I mean, they got money in their pocket, but she's not going to come back. Right. And now the the citizens of Baltimore have to eat that cost when it should have never happened to begin with. Yeah, I just hope that her children are okay. But I hope they have good. Mind. I hope they have good extended family. I'm certain they do. That are going to do right by those kids. Right. Because it would be a shame that they didn't. Amen. We started with heavy stuff. <laughs> we did, but we gonna we gonna get back to the light stuff. Would you, let's talk about something that's lighter. Drake. I love Drake anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna let you talk about. Okay, Drake. and I love I, I what I like about Drake most is that he always finds a way to reinvent himself, and that's what you're supposed to do as you grow, whether it's as a human being or as an artist or whatever. Um, you're supposed to be able to reinvent yourself and make yourself better, and so the video for God's Plan came out. And it turns out that the budget, and I don't remember how much the budget was, but it was pretty large. Mm-hmm. He ended up giving all of the money away, giving money Good. away to families, um, buying outfits for team, sports teams mm-hmm. at schools. I think there was a yeah, we touched on Nigerian this last woman, week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a Nigerian woman, but I didn't know he gave all the money away. Like for the, the video is basically just. Him giving the stuff away and him popping up at the schools and it was really good. So I can't wait to hear Drake's album whenever it drops. I know I'm interested to see what direction he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll definitely keep my ears open. Um, to talk about music, one album that I cannot stop playing is Victory Lap by Nipsey Hussle. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um, I mean, from beginning to, to end, end. No like I have not, no I didn't, skips. I have not skipped anything, and I know it's good because I started listening to it Friday morning when I was working out, mm-hmm. and I listened to the whole thing, and then when I was through, I was like, wait a minute, is it over? <laughs> like, let me start it, let me start it again, <laughs> and I've been listening to it all weekend. That's how I've been doing Black Panther. Oh my God, it was so, it's so good. Yeah. So if you haven't heard Victory Lap by Nipsey Hussle, please listen to it because it is banging, and it's been a long time coming too. A long time. That boy been around working. for a long yes. time. But that's how it usually goes. Kendrick was around for, what, 10 years before yeah. he finally got a break? Because he was K-Dot before. Mm-hmm. People still call him K-Dot. I didn't see that. <laughs> um, keeping on with the music thing, did you see that Solange uh, was awarded the Harvard Artist of the Year? Yes, and I want to go to a throwback to a conversation we had. Um, I think we were on the way. To the Kendrick Lamar show. Mm-hmm. And I think I said that eventually a seat at the table is going to be like in like some museum for work uh-huh. as a work of art. And I believe that. Like, I mean, it, it's just that is a and I don't care if you don't even it, it may be some somebody listening to this who doesn't like the noses or you don't like Solange or people say she can't sing, but there is no way. That you can't that you can listen to that album from beginning to end, really listen to it, even the interludes, and not feel like you have just listened to a perfectly put together album. Yep, and if perfectly if the imagery, just the sounds, you know, the the interludes, the people that she has speaking, the features. Yes. I mean, it's just like this was perfection Mm -hmm. it's a work of art and if you haven't listened to it since it came out and you go back and listen to it now it gives you totally different perspective truly totally beautiful the lyrics i mean when i heard because i'm a huge tweet fan i feel like tweet is so 
underrated because just her melodies and the tone of her voice mm-hmm. and the way that she can, you know, you know, ride like the rhythms and things with her vocals and the layers. And when I heard her ad libs and her voice, I was like, oh my God, Solange B. No <laughs> So And then Andre 3000 is singing on there. Raphael Sadiq did a lot of producing. Then you have Master That's P my right there. talking. Raphael. Oh my gosh. So, you know, big ups to, to Solange. I love me some solo star. I met her one time in Miami mm-hmm. and I like fangirled out and she didn't think I was weird or anything. She gave me a hug and told me happy birthday. So that's sweet. Shout out to my sister. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, another artist who is good at a clapback. And you know, I love a good clapback. I love me some good cla- uh, clapbacks is Will Smith. And I know I talk about him every week, but every week is something different. I'm, I'm going to put you as, um, Head of the Will Smith fan club. Thank you, you you getting up there. I think I deserve it. It's like Jada and then his kids or whatever. And then, and then me. And then you. <laughs> you. You up there in the top five. You. Top five. So this week, I don't know if you remember from last week when he was singing La Bamba. And people the initial were, video. Yes. Mm-hmm. And people were giving him flack, right, for not knowing the words. Child, this was a life lesson for me. When people say you can't do something or you're not doing it well, don't talk. I always have this thing about saying too many words. Like I, I tell my sister that all the time and my friends when I'm giving them advice. They're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this. I'm like, you've already said too many words. You want to clap back the right way? Minimize it. Mm-hmm. Will Smith came out with a video at the top of last week. He knew every single word. And when he cut that song off, he was basically like, and what? Mm-hmm. What now? It was a life lesson. Just, just show them. Don't say words. Just Whatever people think you can't do, show them that you can. Mm-hmm. So I love that. I love it too. That. I love Will Smith. I think he is just so funny and his videos are inspirational mm-hmm. and he has been a blessing to IG. I think he's coming out with a YouTube channel. He should. We miss seeing Will Smith on just the TV like weekly. I mean, I love him in movies and people gave his last movie some flack, but I liked Actually the movie. liked it. I thought yeah, it was too. I thought it was a really good what movie. What was it? Um the one about the fairies and Yeah, the, I can't remember I can't even remember the name of it. Me neither. But it was a bright. Yes, it was and good, a Netflix original. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure um I had heard that they were gonna do the part two has already been signed on for. That okay. was a good movie because once again, I kind of felt like the orcs were the black people. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was. It was, and the cops were like white people. Yep. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. So we love Will Smith. Yep. Production was <laughs> great. The directing was great. Speaking of directing, I know we talked about Tracy Ellis Ross a couple a month ago or so, and about, about, about Blackish mm-hmm. and the pay. And I haven't read anything or heard anything about the finances, but I did see a post about Tracy Ellis Ross directing mm-hmm. on Blackish, and so. I was just thinking she probably got more money then. Yes. I mean, and that's sometimes that's what you have to do when you're asking for more. Sometimes you have to take on more responsibility. Yes. If you're saying this is what I deserve, then you got to prove it. Mm-hmm. Just because we talked about um, Anthony Anderson, um, you know, being a producer. Right. Which is, which could. Which is why he was making more. That he so was now getting paid more. You know, she's a director. And I thought that her sign was so cute because it said director H-E-R. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so cute. I was like, oh, Tracy, I wish we could get a girlfriend's reboot. Everybody want to reboot stuff. Let's get a girlfriend's reboot. Girlfriends was the shit. It was. But I'm just looking up in the air because I'm trying to think how that would 
I don't know. I have to give it some time. Why? Because I'm not here for all the reboots. And so some things are so reboot. wonderful, they just need to be left where they are. Or maybe not a reboot series, but what about a movie? Like how Sex and the City did a movie. Boom. I'll take that. Okay. Something. I just want to see them. It would just be good to see them all now. Yeah. And like kind of see what they're doing. And I ain't trying to be funny, but ain't nobody doing nothing but Tracy. So y'all got time. <laughs> <laughs> y'all got plenty of time You're to do so a movie. You're so disrespectful. No, it's... I, I say that with love. Okay. That's the thing now. People say shady shit and then say, but I say that with love. No, I girl. say that with love. No, I do because I loved girlfriends. Hell, I love Sex in the City. I love anything with women running the shit, with it being centered around women and what we go through as women and telling stories from our perspective. So I just want to see it on this. Why not see it on the screen? We had a girl's trip. Everybody loves Ooh, girlfriends. Girl's trip was so good. Everybody loved girlfriends. We would show up and show out for a girlfriend's movie. Not like we did for Black Panther. No, not like we did for Black Panther. More of the women would show up for girlfriends. Yeah. Just like we did for Girls Trip. We made Girls Trip a success. That's true. We made it a box office smash. We would do the same for girlfriends. I believe in us. I love us for real. <laughs> Stop. I'm t- no. Stop. You always think You're I'm being funny. I'm not trying to play Monique. Okay. I'm just saying I love us for real. Monique played herself. I don't I don't have to do it. She already she played herself. I don't have to do it. <laughs> Speaking of played yourself, did you see where um, Asai got a deal with yes. Jordan Brand? The hardest working baby the in happiest showbiz. Baby. I'm, I'm telling you. Besides Blue Ivy. It's got to be like, what it, it's got to be whatever, <laughs> whatever they're feeding that baby's ego. And I mean that in the best way is good for the soul. And I just wish somebody would talk to me like that every morning. You can well that's true I, that's true listen since i've since i've started doing that number one i just said this to somebody once i it's it, it sounds so stupid at first no it doesn't it i mean like if you're not used to doing it okay like when you're saying these things to yourself it, it sounds funny yeah but there is such a thing called muscle memory and your brain is a muscle mm-hmm. you know that's why it's so easy to fall into like the negative self-talk because your brain is wired by you doing it so much to just do it same thing with affirmations when I first started doing it it felt so stupid because it was like I had to force myself to do these things but over the course of a month the moment I would think something negative instantly affirmation will pop in my head it's like I'm not I'm not even doing it anymore like consciously right my subconscious mind automatically does it for me I love that it's like you know how people say it's like word vomit mm-hmm. that's what it sounds like in my head like if I'm like wake up in the mornings and I'm just like I just can't make it instantly well, yes you can you can go get up you're gonna get your coffee you're gonna get rolling you're gonna get on your on your computer you're gonna do what you gotta do you got this right. instantly it will it, that will happen now and that is from those positive affirmations. And if you see DJ Khaled with Asai, he's like, you're a king. Yes. You're a lion. You're an icon. That Yes, he, boy. Yes, he, boy. Yeah, it's he's so, manifesting yes. that stuff and speaking that over his son, and it's happening. Right. It's called the law of attraction. Just like, I mean, I hate to use this example, but just like LeVar Ball. Just like LeVar Ball. Just like Will Smith. Will Smith. Just Will like Smith. Oprah Winfrey. All sure. of these highly successful People mm-hmm. have that about them. Yep, the Obamas do it. The Obamas do it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Obamas, sorry to transition so fast, but um, no, girl, we gotta keep had, it rolling. This they, is live with the day, but <laughs> <laughs> you tried. We it. gonna it do it like because one day we gonna be live. They, 
But they had their portraits for the Smithsonian uh, unveiled this past week, too. There was a lot of mixed reviews. It was. Um, but what I was... And people said that they loved President Obama's. They didn't care for the flowers. I thought it looked great. I mean, if I were an artist, I would have painted it differently. But he, here's the thing. Let me just go to this. Keyword they chose, art. They chose the artist that they wanted. To paint their portraits. You get to choose who does, who who paints you, right? You know what their style is. So people complained about the complexion for uh, Michelle Obama. She knew that she would be painted gray because that artist paints that way. Right. I thought they looked fantastic. I thought they looked fantastic too. And then people were saying it doesn't really look like her. And I'm like, but. Yes, it does. To me. You know who it is. And that's the thing with art. art. It doesn't always exactly look. It's not a picture. It's not a it's photograph. Subjective. It's subjective. subjective. Mm-hmm. And that's their interpretation. Um, and I thought that they were nice. I'm just, I'm just more concerned with the fact that we have an African-American president and first ladies murals at the Smithsonian. That's right. really, I could have cared less the what first. they look like, to be mm-hmm. honest. I'm just proud. That's the thing. Courtney be proud. I'm just proud of the fact that I can take my children or I can go to the Smithsonian and see the president and first lady, a black president and first lady's murals or, you know, their portraits right? painted and hanging there forever, basically. It's the equivalent of being able to take your child to go see Black Panther. It's like, this is for us. This is a physical representation of what you can do, what you can be. Mm-hmm. Black history in the making. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that they were nice. One thing that was funny is... With Barack's. Did I send you that gif? The one that moves? And it's like, nope. And it's like Homer Simpson going back into yes. the bush. Now that was funny. I said, that makes it even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. You know, um, people just need to lighten up. It's, it is what it is. Art is subjective. People didn't like, um, um, who was I going to say? Picasso. People no, didn't people like did not Basquiat. Like the Mona Lisa. People didn't like the Mona Lisa. People didn't like... Um, Steve Harrington, who I love, but their art is subjective and it's for someone. And if you don't like it, it's cool, but it's going to be hanging up whether we like it or not. Cause it's there. That's so. true. Bloop. <laughs> Drop. <laughs> we got to get some, some bomb sound. No, we got to get like, some bomb sound effects. I like dropping my pen <laughs> and pretending that it's a mic. Um, I know what I wanted to ask you. Did you hear about the executive vice president at Fox News, John Moody, and his comments about the Olympic Committee, the U.S. Olympic Committee? No, and I want you to talk to me a little bit about that because I um, recently stopped getting up in the morning and watching the news because mm-hmm. I've noticed that it had a negative effect on like my mental health. Right. Because it stresses me the it stresses me out. <laughs> and you know, who wants to be stressed out first thing in the morning? So I've stopped watching the news and so I really only see stuff that people send me or something that pops up really in the forefront. So just explain and kind of talk to me about what happened. Okay. So that way I can know. Okay. So well I already told you he's the vice president, um one of the executive vice presidents over at Fox News and you know the theme for the olympics is supposed to be faster higher stronger Mm -hmm. i think so he was basically criticizing the committee saying that they were trying to make a more inclusive team and i'm paraphrasing but he said they were trying to make them darker gayer and different and that it wasn't gonna go well that's 
darker, gayer, different is not going to get you high, faster, higher, stronger, basically. Yes, it will, and you will deal. Indeed. Because and you will deal. Here's the thing. Gay people have been participating in the sports and winning and bringing home medals. Forever. Black people have been participating in the sports and winning medals and bringing them home for the United States of America. So, what are you saying, sir? They have since taken the article down. But, I mean, you know, now we live in a, a world where once you put it out there, all it's it takes is there. a screenshot. I mean, th- why is he saying that now? Like, look back, you know, early. I think this was maybe like the 92 Olympics mm-hmm. with, you know, the um, the American, the gymnastic team with Dominique Dahl. Right. And, you know, all the little girls that have come behind her and... um you know, even with tennis and Serena Williams and what was the black lady, Althea? What was the the black lady that was like the bomb tennis player? Like she came before Serena. Oh no, I have to look it up. I don't know something with an A. Anyway, I mean, or or the 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 black athletes that took a stand and and extended their fists. Like this has been a thing. Right. Like we've been there, and we're not going anywhere. And with the rate that the demographics and the population are changing with becoming more darker and more races are mixing Mm -hmm. and you know dude it is what it is like get over it there's a part of me that always wants to be amazed that people are still making comments like this knowing you're going to get dragged dragged Um, for filth but i'm almost desensitized because this is the world that i grew up in so it's like Every other week I'm hearing something crazy from someone who has a position that you're just too high. Your position is too high for you to be making public statements like this. But that's okay. Because I want to know that you're making them. Mm -hmm. I want to know how you feel about me and mine. That's kind of like what Jay-Z said on that Van Jones um, interview is that, you know, he hated the way that Donald Sterling was handled and, you know, made to give up his team. He was like, because all that did was make the other races go high back in the closet. It's good that we know. So then that way we cannot support the companies and corporations and institutions and networks that, you know, support or hire these or, or continue to employ these people that make these statements. Right. So you got anything else? Speaking of, what was it? Darker... Uh, darker, gayer, different. Right. Speaking of darker, so today um was the Daytona 500, and um, oh, that's right. Yes, it was today. And you know, our non-black people love them some NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Um, and so apparently, um, there is a race car driver by the name of Darrell Bubba Wallace. Bubba, who, Bubba, <laughs> I love it. Bubba, <laughs> Darrell Bubba Wallace, who. Almost had the Daytona 500 won. He would have been the first black um, race car driver to win the Daytona 500. And he got beat by, like, the nose, like, within inches. And they said, like, after, you know, the race was over and they gave him a war, he just sat down on the edge and just, like, just bust into tears. But, you know, I still want to give a congratulations to him because in honor of black history, my dad, and I mentioned this to you before Mm -hmm. the show started, was like a... NASCAR fanatic. He loved to race. He loved to hunt. He ran dogs and all this kind of stuff. Like he was an outdoorsy person. And so just thinking about how happy that would have made him to right. see that just touched my heart. So 
Um, shout out to Darrell Bubba Wallace and congratulations. Congratulations, you know, because on what you did. You're still making history and, and what still you wanna, will do. Right. Yeah. He still has an opportunity. Yep. So I thought oh, that was awesome. That made me feel good. I'm telling you, black history in the making is popping. I love it. We popping, son. Right. <laughs> um, so you know, cinematography is one of my favorite things. We start talking about movies and we just go all day. Is I cinematography love- your bae? Yes. Okay. It could be your bay. One yes. Of your, one of your bays. Wink, wink. True. Oh, struck a nerve. Struck a nerve. She got quiet. Y'all should see her. Mm. So, I was talking about Black Panther this whole episode. And uh, you and I went to view it once together. And then I went to see it with some of my coworkers. And then again, and I'll give them my money again because for the culture... For the um, culture. Oh, do we need a we need to shout out Nehemiah? Oh yes. How did I forget that? Shout out to our friend Nehemiah. Um, he's also a Ram. So oh, the Rams be sticking together at all times. I oh love my we got goodness! In there and then there were some more Rams in the building. That just felt good. But what Nehemiah did for the first time we actually went to the show is he rented out a theater for mm-hmm. his birthday and invited all of us to. Uh, preview black panther together yes so and it got, was so fun yeah we got to sit together as a collective in what felt like a you know a private viewing because it was you know just our crew um so happy happy belated birthday and shout out to you nehemiah you're awesome i felt like a star because when i walked in i said do i need to show my t-? he said no just go to just go on in for i said <laughs> oh i don't even have to show my ticket or nothing okay red carpet treatment so shout out to nehemiah for doing that um, for us, I've never, I've never went to like an early screening of anything. No. So that's like a bucket list. Like I mean, I went to a private free screening of the blackest movie in the blackest month of the year with a whole bunch of black people. Yeah. I mean, it does not get any better than that. Not at <laughs> all. And then to top it off, the movie was amazing. So what are some things that? Oh my god, I don't okay, know so where to start. I, I don't know. It's it's tough, like, okay, I'll, I'll start. One of the things, and this is not going to be in any particular order, but one of the things I love most is, um, like I, I said before, I think, the reverence that the men of Wakanda had for the women of Wakanda. They allow women to be their, their whole selves. And throughout the movie, I just kept thinking, and it was more so the second time I went to see it, um, it felt like this is what a black feminist movement is supposed to look like separate from the white feminist movement and not because you know i'm trying to separate the two but because we're often excluded from it Mm -hmm. so just that reverence that they had for you know our intel or the the women's intellect in the movie the trust that they had for the decisions that they were making they and i said to you before i don't know if this was before the show started or at the beginning but um just the way that black women have a way of always doing the right thing whenever everybody else is doing the wrong thing. Uh, what was the character's name? Okoye? Mm-hmm. Um, the, what's her name? Gosh. That plays Michonne, um in The Walking Dead. She was dating David. And um, they were, they were a couple. I Walking Dead. I used to. Really? One of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Oh, Deny. Yeah, Guerrera. Yes. I don't know why I couldn't remember Deny. her name. 
But anyway, in so in the movie, she is the girlfriend of Wakabi, for, um, the guy from Get Out, and he, mm-hmm. he also plays in an episode of Black Mirror. Black Mirror was my shit. Yes, it's got so many good episodes. Shout out to Letitia Wright, yes. who plays Shuri. Um, which I that was the best jump. episode yes, of Black. It really was because it. I mean, I didn't. It, it got me from from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know what was happening. Yeah, that was such a good. Y'all will have to episode. Go, go, go watch. Oh Black my Mirror. gosh, Letitia was banging in that, and she mm-hmm. was banging in this. Yeah, I think a lot of young girls are gonna want to code and and be a part of uh, math and science after they see this movie. If yes. for no other reason. That her like if we have a surge, I'm shout out to Shuri or Letitia Wright because mm-hmm. uh, she will be the reason. But um, anyway, Denai and Daniel were a couple in the movie. They played Okoye and Wakabi, and there's a point where they are in opposition with one another. And he basically mm-hmm. asks her like, "Would you kill me?" And she said, "For my country, yes." And you know throughout the movie that she is in love with him. So yes. for her to be able to stand up for what's right. And another thing, hurt people hurt people because the only reason he was on the other side was because his feelings were hurt. He had mm-hmm. been disappointed. Mm-hmm. And so because of that that emotional attachment and that ego, he chose the wrong side. Yes, he did. But, you know, it all comes full circle um, so that they learn, you know, they trust the women. They love the women of Wakanda. Um, they are equal parts mm-hmm. in the movie. And I just love that part. I loved it too. Um, it? So many things, so many things. Um, but one of my favorite parts in the movie was the um, scene where um, the Black Panther had gone back to the ancestral land. Yeah. The and first time or the second time? Was the first time? No, the second time. The second time. The okay. second time, because that's the time he was kneeling down, right? No, the first time is when he was kneeling. When he saw his father. Yes. So that was my that was the one I liked, the first one. When he and I I think in terms of and this is just the way my mind works. I don't know if it's because I'm a Virgo and I'm just overly analytical, but I am a I'm a very strong believer in symbolism and signs and you know, things of that nature. And so whenever T'Challa was talking to his father, T'Chaka. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he is so used to kneeling and, and yeah, I know paying exactly respect to his saying. father because his father is the king. Mm-hmm. And when he kneels down and his father says, you know, get up off your knees, you are a king. To me, that is a representation of the way we should view our black men. It's like, get up off of your knees like y'all are kings well we do view them that way so a representation of how they should view themselves you better go to church exactly because you're right we We do do. view them that way Mm -hmm. um but i don't know because some women don't you know people crazy but anyway even some other men don't Mm -hmm. anyway but yes i love that part i felt like like even thinking about it now just gives me chills when i think about it because it, it just that one line was just so powerful to me Yep. I love that part. Um I loved um Shuri and how smart she was and and I felt like it it called um back to Africans or the motherland being the um core of math, science, medicine. It went back to resources, that. even resources. though vibranium isn't a real resource like just 
the notion that like Africa holds or is the host of some really banging resources, yes. like things that we need. Um, I thought that that was a pre-colonized awesome. Africa. Yes, and and that was one of my favorite parts too. Was when she kept they kept referring to him as a colonizer. Mm-hmm. I thought that was hilarious. Um, whenever they went to the mountain with Mbaku and um, the the CIA agent um, Everett mm-hmm. started talking to Everett Ross. That was his name. Started <laughs> they talking said and you he can't talk. Yeah, here. you can't talk here. I'll feed you to my kids. And yes. then everybody started laughing. Yeah, he's because, like, we're we're vegetarians. Right. I'm just and and see to me that's symbolic of us not being one sided. Right. Like because sometimes I feel like that's how non black people view us. Like mm-hmm. you can't talk here. You can't. You know, even when we're talking about like racism and stuff, like you can't have an opinion. That's that's kind of right, right, right. what they feel, but in reality, we're not like that. Yeah. You know, and some of us are vegetarians. So right. I just thought that was a cute way to play on that, and I thought it was just it was hilarious, and I loved that part. Um, I really liked Mbaku's character. Um, he's played by Winston Duke, who you know, I don't feel like I feel like when people finally go back and watch it a couple times, they're gonna give him more praise. I just think it, the movie has so much star power. They haven't gotten to him yet, but he he his his role was layered. It was, and he did an excellent job transitioning from how you might have felt about him in the beginning when he challenged um, T'Challa mm-hmm. versus towards the end when he helped T'Challa. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, of course, I enjoyed seeing Forrest Whitaker because he's, you know, one yes. of our legends as Zuri. And then it and was I a nice they, of- they casted young Zuri perfectly for that. <laughs> Why? Because he kind of looks like him. And I know they like did like a prosthetic on his eye. Yeah. But he really looks like that he could be related to Forrest Whitaker. That's true. I also think they did an excellent job casting young uh, Killmonger. Uh, Seth Carr is yeah. the little boy's name. He, he kind of looks so like cute, but he looks like he could be an older co- or a younger cousin of Michael B. Jordan. Like when he grows up, he looks like they mm-hmm. could be in the same family. And the the guy who um, was the the younger Zuri, I think his name is Denzel Wash- Denzel too. Denzel something. Yeah, his name is Denzel. Mm-hmm. That's not Denzel Washington, obviously, but his name is his name is Denzel. When you were talking about the. Um, the colonizers I, one of the things i thought was neat about the movie and this is just an afterthought because the most important parts are the black people but i thought it was mm-hmm. cool that they had andy circus and martin freeman in the movie together so if you're not familiar you know that um, martin freeman is everett that's his real name uh-huh martin freeman and he was the young bilbo baggins in, I told you I love cinematography, right? He was, right? The, young he was the young Bilbo Baggins in The Hobbit. Was he? Yes. Andy Serkis, who plays Claw, is mm-hmm. Gollum. Did you no. know that? Yeah. I was like, come here, yes, my pretty. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, precious. You I said, come here, my pretty. You know what I meant, though. I, did I know not what know you said. That. Yep. So I I thought you that know was I don't do Lord me. of the Rings though I know you know I'm that's listening. the one really I don't I just couldn't get into it but you it. do Harry Potter because that's Harry Potter okay never mind <laughs> oh um, oh go go ahead another thing I wanted to just um, call attention to was um, I had watched some things online about um, the styling for the movie oh, and about yes. if you, um, if you notice that 
Lapita's um, character always wore green. green. Mm-hmm. And so they were just talking about how because they film on green screens, whenever Lupita was being filmed and it was like action or something, you know, where they needed a green screen, they would have to film on a blue screen to make up for her wearing green. Right. Um, they had the, the tribe that wore the red and like all of these were actual elements taken from actual tribes, tribes in Africa. So I just felt like they did a really good job with keeping everything in line with true African culture Mm -hmm. um, and putting it on, like, the big screen for everybody to see. Like, oh, my God. It was just, there's just so many things I can say. Also, the symbolism of Killmonger and the Black Panther, T'Challa, I feel like is kind of a call to Bobby Seale and Huey Newton. Right. Because Huey was more of the militant and Bobby Seale wanted to go in a different direction, be right. more diplomatic. He actually ran for office and, you know. He sure did. He's still. Yeah, he's still kicking yeah. it. People weren't really happy with that. So I felt like that was, if if you were, you know, someone who has read up on the Black Panthers or you're familiar with it and, you know, you take pride in knowing about, you know, that historical aspect of the black community, you can see that in them. And right. I felt like that was that was some good symbolism there. Oh God, it just made me so happy. It's so good. And can we talk about this? Can we talk about Michael B. Jordan's body? He really be. Can up. we talk about that? He because really went in the gym for this woo! movie. And the hair. And I'm not a Michael B. Jordan stan. Like I'm not a fan girl. Like I know girls who love Michael B. Jordan, and I always thought he was like a cute guy. But yeah, he's cute. In this movie, I don't know if it's the hair because you know I like bad boys with right. hair and scrub. I think it's a culmination of things. Oh my gosh. It was the way that he was talking. The fangs. The way that he walked. Ooh, yeah, his gold fangs, his hair, because his he body. Was, he was rough and raw around the edges, but he was intelligent. He was tender too. Hurt people. Hurt people. Hurt he was people. Hurt. He was hurt. He was just and You could hurt. tell that from the beginning. He wanted to belong and he got left behind here. I would have been pissed too. They were wrong for that. They should have taken back. He he was so inundated in the culture, even though he was, you know, severed from the culture was amazing to me. But that's like us. I know. Full circle. That's like us. We still reverence the motherland and know that's our home and we're enamored with Africa. Right. And the history and the people and knowing that this is where we come from. And it goes back to what we were talking in the beginning to yeah. have <laughs> Africans who feel like, oh no, you don't belong because you because yeah, y'all got belong. cut off mm-hmm. and you know went. which wasn't our fault. We didn't leave of our own volition. Right. It wasn't Killmonger's fault either. Exactly. He was just a baby. He was, and he grew up to be even cuter, baby. Let Blue. me tell you. Oh, uh, <laughs> did you notice? Hey, did you notice that Stanley, the uh, creator of. Mm-hmm. Black Panther was in the movie. Was in the movie. Stanley is a genius. I and he is. is brave. I think it's so cute whenever they throw him in there. So if you guys missed it, go back and look at the scene where they're gambling at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, Stanley, that guy, is the creator of yes. Black Panther. And just to know that he created this back at a time in the 60s yes, when touch on this that, wasn't girl. a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. When you had segregation and Jim Crow and lynchings but and that was bombings mm-hmm. and then to have a character like the black panther in the middle of this which i'm pretty sure is a direct call to the black panther party that was you know beginning to become noticed at that time because they had been in action they had been doing their thing right but 
to make a character like this at that time, what kind of courage that took to do that? I'm sure he didn't know that it was going to evolve into this either. Like I he's know, probably he's amazed. amazed. He's probably just just He's like 90, over the moon. 95 years old last year. I think he turned cuz his wife just passed away last year. And uh, I don't know if she was in her 90s, but he's in his 90s. Like to to know that he was able to see to this see come it. to fruition is something else. And they're projecting uh for uh Black Panther. I've been joking all weekend about how I'm just um, sitting there like Tiffany Pollard waiting for Black Panther 2. Honey, patiently. wait. You don't got a cigarette, though, do you? Nah. Because you know no. she beat. Girl, listen, this is off topic, but last week, was it last weekend, they had a flavor of love in I Love New York Marathon. Nope. No, they did not. Child, when I you tell you, I was in you don't care freaking about me. Tears. You don't care about I me. was in tears. Oh my God, Sister you know Patterson. I love Flav. Sister Flavor Patterson. Flav. Um, and then you know, like all the ones that are on there, all that Buck Wow, Bucky, mm-hmm. Delicious, Toasty. Girl, when I tell you, I felt like I was back in more. Shout home. out to Junk. Junk. I was cracking up. Oh my gosh, that was such a good. That's like besides the real world, which I feel like is the. You know, the the godfather of reality yeah, shows. It's like the genesis of all yes. reality TV. Man, Flavor of Love and I Love New York are gold. It really was. <laughs> Those were actually good shows. And the it's first couple downhill. of seasons of the Bad Girls Club. That's true. Were popping. Two, because they two were and three? Popping. Yeah. Because the, they were women who just... Here. We're going off on a tangent. But Bad Girls Club was popping. Shout out to Tanisha because I love me Tanisha. <laughs> Okay, I love me Santa Nisha. You know what? I don't think it was good after that. For me, Bad Girls Club. It was a few because Natalie Nunn's season was good. Okay, I missed that one. Yeah, she that season was good, but then after that, it kind of went downhill. But anyway, what we about to talk about because we want to stay on task because we can get going. All right, that's true. <laughs> well, I I actually would like to stay on uh, the whole. I guess black film reel, if you will, since black we're talking. Black that's cute. That is cute. I might have to use that for something. But um, since we're talking about Black Panther, you know, just when it comes to like the evolution of black film and things mm-hmm. like that, um, we won't go into too much detail. But do you know who Step and Fetch It is? Yes, Lincoln Perry. <laughs> um, so back in nineteen twenty seven. He took on that character of Stephen Fetch and, and, and has caught a lot of flack historically because yes. people feel like he has, much like um, J.J. from Good Times, mm-hmm. but a little bit worse. worse um, than, yeah, worse than J.J. Because that's like an insult now. Like People, especially like if you are working under someone mm-hmm. and you, know, you're, you may feel like your boss or somebody wants you to do extra and if someone says, yeah, you know, he's Stephen Fetch, like, mm-hmm. that, that's an insult. Right. Now, I was reading a couple articles, and they were basically talking about how highly intelligent Mr. Perry was, and that the reason he ended up in that role was because he was trying to differentiate himself from the other people who were auditioning. Mm -hmm. And so he basically came in because of other people's prejudices. He knew that if he came in and started acting like, I guess what what it took on was like the laziest man, Mm kind of, or wandering or acting like a fool and not knowing where he was and what he was doing and that's what ended up getting him that role but i just thought that was kind of crazy that's kind of like the mammy role which i was gonna talk about that so Mm -hmm. hattie mcdaniel playing mammy and she's the first person gone with the wind right Mm -hmm. and so she was the first 
woman or the first person to get a Grammy black person? I don't know. I think she was before Sydney Portier, right? She would have been, yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, so Sydney Portier got his for Lilies of the Field. Mm-hmm. And we've moved on from there. Um, something else that I was reading was um Oscar Michaud. I think that's how you pronounce it. He was the look, look at me. <laughs> he was the first um he he had the first movie company that was owned and controlled by black people. It was called the Lincoln Motion Picture Company. Okay. And so Oscar was born in Chicago in Shottown. Go Bears. In the 1800s. Go Bulls. See oh Brand. My God. You know I love my I Chicago do sports teams. Oh, happy birthday, Michael Jordan. It's Michael Jordan's birthday today. So when we talked about Chicago, that made me think about it. Happy birthday to my favorite basketball player. Thank and I just got them cement threes. Boom, bow, got them. Yeah. You got a plug or something? I got the plug. Okay. I finally got me a plug. I got me a sneaker plug. I'm so excited. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Let me know when you are the plug and then we'll talk. Okay, yeah. Okay. But um, he was born in Chicago in the late 1800s, but he died in 1951. Guess where? In Chicago? As a charlatan. Oh! Uh, right here in Charlotte, North awesome Carolina. That, I mean, not awesome that he died, but that's no, an no, inter- no. interesting black history life. fact. Exactly. So, happy black history on that. Um, but he's coined as the godfather of independent cinema. His first novel was The Conquest. It's the story of the Negro um, homesteader. Mm-hmm. And that ended up being his first film. In total, he made 44 films that include Within Our Gates. It was a silent film in response to... Remember when the KKK did... Um, what's the name of that movie? Birth of a Nation? Mm-hmm. So it was five years after that he made Within Our Gates in response to Birth of a Nation. And I have this theory, right? Because he, he falls into this time frame where the Oscars started. Mm-hmm. This is not something I read. This is just me talking, okay? But the Oscars, the Time Magazine named the awards, the Oscars, in one of their write-ups mm-hmm. in 1934, right? And they officially adopted that as a name for the award in 1939, but they have these theories about like how they came up with the name the Oscars that don't make sense to me. So Betty Davis had a husband named um, Harmon Nelson. Betty Davis is the ish, not that Betty Davis, white Betty Davis. Yeah, I know you're talking oh, okay, about. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. okay. I'm I just want to make sure we're on. The yeah, yeah. Head. Not a singer, Betty Davis. Yeah, yeah. I know you're talking okay. about. Okay. <laughs> so. She's been married several times, but I think he was a conductor. Mm-hmm. And there, she was basically saying, oh, she named the Oscars the Oscars after him, saying that the Oscar was his nickname. But by other accounts, people say he was never called Oscar, that his nickname was Ham. Mm. So then Margaret um, Herrick had an uncle that she claims she called Oscar, but was his nickname, but it wasn't his real name. Mm-hmm. So that also didn't make sense to me. But what does make sense is that this black man who owned this company during that same time frame, who is a legend in his own right, who's coined the godfather of um, of independent cinema, his actual name is Oscar. And when I went back to look at the pictures of um margaret's uncle of betty's husband Mm -hmm. and then of like the actual oscar michelle 
the Oscar award looks like the build of Oscar Michelle. Because it but probably that's just, is, but they probably just didn't want to say we're naming this after a Negro. Right. Again, I didn't read that anywhere. I'm just saying after looking and reading up and doing some research, and it looks like him. Mm-hmm. So... That's Interesting. That's a good Black History fact I for Black film. Listen, if Thank you, you want to adopt snap, that, snap, right? Snap, snap. If you want to adopt that as truth, I'm okay with that. Just make sure you tell people I said exactly. <laughs> you are gonna see some blogs and YouTubes about this in the next coming week. Like, yeah, I got this theory that <laughs> playback, playback. So, um, with that being said, and, we, and we've been talking about Black Panther and things like that, I want to know like some of your favorite. First of all, what's your favorite movie of all time? I need to know that anyway. You should already know. We've already discussed this a thousand times. But they don't know. Okay. My favorite movie is The Color Purple. Yes, sir. The Color This is how we bond. Okay, now can I say something that you might take as a sign of disrespect? Don't do it. Listen, I'm going to wait until I'm not high off of Black Panther anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. But Black Panther means so much to the culture. It's either going to be right there neck and neck for me with the color purple for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So I'm not comparing them in any way. Right. I'm just saying I went to watch the film with you guys and I was on the edge of my seat and my eyes were wide. And I kept turning to people wanting to talk to them, but knowing that I needed to be quiet so I could soak it all in. And when I went the second time, as embarrassing as it felt... I had to like keep my jacket like close to my eye because I was crying. Aww. And by the third time, it's, I needed to take notes and so forth and so on. Like, it's so layered. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it means so much. So, The Color Purple is also my favorite movie. <laughs> but uh, everybody loves The Color Purple, yo. I, I could listen. I can quote it line for line. Same here. I can tell you everything that's right and accurate with it, and I can tell you mm-hmm. everything that's wrong with it. Right. Themes, yes, all that comparison Cult- to the movie stuff, um, <clears throat> the psychological aspects, the so sociological aspects, the socio economic aspects. So true, you know, geographical, ge- geographical. Lord, geographical. Mm, Lord have mercy. <laughs> I did graduate in college, y'all. Um, all those things are just reasons why the color purple is so great and it was you know an ad- adaptation from the color purple by alice walker the black mm-hmm. woman we love her with an all-star black cast i just love the color purple me too it means a lot to me you know when i think about <laughs> that movie though i always go back to mister and i'm like man when i was when i was a little kid and i was watching it i thought he was old then like danny glover must be really old now yeah he's he's old now i think they they just made him look old because they're not at the beginning when he first started coming around, he was young looking with black hair. He wasn't gray. And then... Yeah, it, but he didn't look like a 20-year-old. No, but he looked a lot younger than he did towards the end. I guess. You don't think so at the beginning? Yeah, yeah I do. I'm just saying, for me, the whole time he looked old. I'm going to go back and watch it today, though, just to make sure. What's your favorite love story, black love story film? My favorite black love story film would have to be... I had two. So, okay. Love Jones. Okay. That's a lot of people's. Um, Love Jones is one of my favorite um, black love stories. Okay. Um, also, the movie um, 
their eyes were watching God. Ooh, Zora T- Neale Hurston. Yes. Mm. TK, the movie. It was so good because Hallie and Michael Ely were just so just so passionate. Right. And you just the love, like it was just I mean, I I just want to know love like that. Right. So those would have to be two of my favorite black love story movies, yada yada yada. What about you? I love several. So ah, this is kind of hard. Um, because I know people expect you to say things like love and basketball and brown sugar, but I didn't. I watched love and basketball like once. I I liked <laughs> it when I was a you know a teenager, but like now that I'm older, it's just not at the top of my list. Um, I know this might sound funny, but Purple Rain. Purple Rain, Purple Rain. Speaking of which, I listened Rest to... Rest in peace, Prince Rogers Nelson. I listened to Purple Rain the other day and started... I don't know, maybe I'm just going through a sensitive season because I listened to Purple Rain and I started crying, but that's my favorite. Like, when he passed away... Prince Nelson Rogers? Did I say that wrong? Prince Rogers Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I thought I said it right. Okay, carry on. Um, <laughs> and then um, Mahogany. Okay. So, for a throwback, Mahogany. I also like any love movie with Queen Latifah in it. I know they're supposed to be yes. funny, but movies like Last Holiday and um, Just, Just right. right. Last Holiday was really good. Wasn't it? That was a great movie. I love to see them together in films. Anyway. I just I just love Queen Latifah. What about Inkwell, too? Inkwell. Oh, I man, forgot. Inkwell. Mm-hmm, with Jada and Lorenz. What about Jason's lyric? Oh, God. So good. What's his name? Alan Payne. Alan Payne. And Jada. Why was his booty so black in there? Do you remember when it was in the field no, in the left? No. Girl, no. his booty was rusty. My mama Everybody might be listening. Know. I don't. I, I don't know. Well, you know, I mama, mean, I Mama Grown, you got here. <laughs> you did not get here in thin air. But the loves. I'm just gonna say the love scene. Right. His booty was rusty. <laughs> I was just he like, needed some coconut. Oil. He needed something That's because all. for him to be as light as he is, that booty was rusty. But anyway, it was a good movie, and he is. He's still handsome. He's still handsome. He's still to I mean That's like G right Money. now. G Money. Fact. Handsome. He plays on um Meet the uh House of Pain. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's Okay, good. so what about family movies then? Movies that everybody can get around and watch. Um I would have to say The Preacher's Wife. <gasps> That is a really good. Oh my god, yes. that is so good. It's a good family movie. Dang, that it never gets old. I hate that I didn't think about that. The Preacher's Wife is a good family I movie. I love Courtney B. Vance. Me too. Mm. Me too. Courtney B. Vance <laughs> is awesome. Courtney B. Courtney B. Vance. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Preacher's Wife is a is a fave black family movie of mine. Um, also another movie. I don't know if it's a family movie, but I used to watch it as a child all the time at my grandma's house on VHS. Mm-hmm. Was um, the Women of Brewster's Place? Yeah, I really like that too. I actually have that. That's a good um, family movie. Um, what else? I mean, there's just so many movies that I like, you but those are those are um, two that I I, I really enjoy. Um, I don't know. Oh, what else? I know one um, one love movie that I forgot to mention was Deliver Us from Eva, even though uh, that also has LL Cool J in it. Mm-hmm. But um, even though like she was really, 
mean she was a it was because you know she had to take on a lot of responsibility a lot earlier than the rest of them she Mm -hmm. like i almost understand when you're the one who has to carry the load for everybody else and everybody else kind of kind of gets to do their own thing in their own time that will like harden you a lot not make you hard you or harsh but you know it will make you a little tougher than everybody else or at least uh, allow you to put up certain walls so I thought that was really good because she finally found love. They were finally able to, you know, kind of not break her down in a negative way, but mm-hmm. break those barriers. But as far as family movies are concerned, I'm trying to think of something that's not usually on the radar. Welcome home, Roscoe Jenkins. Mm-hmm. That was a funny movie. Shout out. I to love anything Nick. with Mike Epps. Mm-hmm. It was funny because it was a depiction of how things would really go. First of all, I love James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. Okay. What um. She gave she me gave was in there too, right? Mm-hmm. She was the mom. And they gave Martin Lawrence a hard time. But that's what I love. That was so him endearing about moved. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's his name? Um, Dang, that passed away. Michael. Hmm. He played. He was Amorosa's husband. Yes. He, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He was Amorosa's husband. Yeah, and he passed away. But anyway, like, as far as families go, that's. It didn't look like Hollywood to me. That looked like. You know, somebody from North Carolina going back home after they've left, thinking mm-hmm. that they have made it, and coming back home and be, and getting humbled. Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan. Yes. Um, gosh, it slipped my mind. I was about to say another family movie that I really like. Oh, Soul Food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soul Food. That's a given. Soul Food is a um one of my favorite family movies. Sister Act. Sister Act Two. Sister Act 2, yes. <laughs> Sister Act 2. Thank you for the correction. Yes. I, I mean, mean, I love Sister Act 1, too, but Sister Act 2 was popping. Yep. Sister Act 2 was such a good movie. I was just singing that um, in the car yesterday. The run, run, run. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. That was a good movie. What about your favorite um, black comedies? My favorite black comedies. Of course, Friday. Yeah. Friday, um, House Party 1 and 3. House okay. Party 2 wasn't that good to me personally. I don't know why. I just, 1 and 3 were the best. Yeah. Um, because 1 is obviously a classic. And then 3, I mean, I was a young girl. Immature was in it. Bernie Mac was in it acting a fool. I mean, come on, it was Dang, funny. I didn't even name any Bernie Mac movies. Mm. Yeah, so that um, that's a good comedy to me. Another comedy that is one of my favorites and I can watch it over and over and over again. Actually, two. Um, Harlem Nights. Yes, that was mine, girl. That is my movie. Oh, just you like the color me purple. In my toe. I can name that from the beginning <laughs> to the end. I can quote it. I love Harlem Nights. <laughs> Harlem Nights and um, Boomerang. Mm-hmm. I can watch Boomerang over and over again. Coming to America over yes. and over again. Norbit. Over and over again. I love Eddie Murphy. Yeah. So just about anything with Eddie Murphy in it. Um, I was the Golden say, Child. Trading Places makes me like. Now it's not specifically an all black cast or whatever, but I just mm-hmm. give it to him because it's Eddie Murphy. That movie makes me laugh, and I always have to watch it right after I watch Coming to America, or mm-hmm. I watch. Yeah, I watch Coming to America and and then Trading Places, right? Vice versa. <laughs> anyway, one after the other. Um, what's another comedy? I said Norbit, right? Yes, and The Clumps. The Clumps. I, you know what? I would watch Norbit before I watch. I know you would. You love Norbit. I love Norbit. Don't ask me why, but that is a... Marlon Wayans 
And Eddie Murphy. Come on, man. And Cat Williams. Marlon Wayans is way funnier than his brother. Yeah, he than Sean. Sean. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's Keenan and Kim and Damon and Marlon. Sean, I know it's bad, but I can take it or leave it. Like yeah. Marlon is 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 way funnier than um than Sean. But those are some of my um favorite comedies. I mean, there's so many. I'm trying to think of other ones. All about the Benjamins. All about the Benjamins. Another one that's good, a good family movie that I failed to mention was The Fighting Temptations. Oh yeah. Yes, that is a good movie. That's a good family movie. Fighting Temptations is a good one. I remember when it came out, and all the like little kids in my life, they knew like all the words to Mm -hmm. all the songs and everything. Like they would get in the living room and like reenact the whole movie. It was cute. That was they had a good soundtrack. That's another thing with with black films. Soundtracks always be popping. We didn't even. We probably won't even get to that, but. Now we can make a whole episode out of it, like because oh man um love story no yes I mean no I mean <laughs> I was gonna say love story wait until exhale yes that's what I was trying to get I out. knew I knew it was because I knew that, you were you know I love that soundtrack girl popping oh it's the mm. it'll just it'll just put you through it puts you through every emotion no skips none we can do a whole podcast on soundtracks that's true um. So you mentioned Friday earlier, and it's one of those films that I always think, number one, transcends, and two, I don't think that Ice Cube knew Mm-mm. what he had when he was filming Friday. I don't think that the actors knew when they were signing on for Friday that they were signing on to be a part of something that is legendary. Yes, it, because it is. Because Friday is for us. Mm-hmm. Can you think of any other films that are kind of like that? For us? Mm-hmm. Um, Juice? Definitely Juice. Juice is for us. I just had to stop Miss Tennant. Yeah. Definitely Juice. Um, Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood is for us. Um, Menace to Society. Menace to Society, definitely. For us. Um, dang, why Above I- the Rim is Back. for us. And they had a banging soundtrack, too. Because that had um, sure SWV, had H-Town on it. it. It was just, it was a good soundtrack. I'm going to listen to it as soon as we get off yeah. the air today. Those are for us. We talked about Friday. Any of the Fridays are for us. Um, another movie that I went, and I don't know why I was in, I don't even know who I was with, but I went to the theater to see Malcolm X. I don't even know how old I was, but I went to the theaters with not. a grown-up to see Malcolm X for that whole three-hour movie. Really? Yes. And I was like this, other than the bad parts, of course, because you know the hand come over your eye like, of course. But yeah, that movie was for us. Yeah, that was a good movie. I don't, I don't think they knew what they had when they may set it off. And you mentioned Ooh, girls. Wait. Exactly. No, they did not because what is the procedure <laughs> when you got a gun to your, your head? head? God Almighty! So oh, I good. love that movie. I love that movie. And on a lighter note, I don't even think that they knew what they had when they signed on for girls trip like i know they were filming it at essence and so it was gonna be some stars in there but i know they did not expect it to be what nobody anticipated girls Mm -mm. trip to blow up the way that it did last summer no not with four black actresses Mm -hmm. actually it it was the first one with that many black female actresses in it to do that well since set it off really Uh uh-huh i remember when the article came off is just a classic. The soundtrack, even the music that's playing when Cleo got killed, sends me over every time. 
If I need a good cry, I Ooh, will go play that. I cry then. I cry when Stoney is reminiscing once she get to Mexico mm-hmm. about all the stuff. That, and, and Brandy, um, Missy, Missy you comes on. Yes, girl. Yes. Ooh. Set it off. So those movies, I feel like, are for us. Those are those are ours. Those are for us. Poetic Justice yeah. um, is for us. And that's another movie that I know word for word. And it took me, like, just certain scenes in that movie just get, like, if something gives me chills, I know it's a good movie. Yeah. And when Janet is by herself at the beginning, mm-hmm. and she's in the mirror, like, looking at herself, and Stevie Wonder is playing, and yes. she, every time I see that scene, it does something to me. Really? Yes. And when I hear nobody, but nobody can make it out here alone. Like, it, it took me to be older to realize that, first of all, that was my Angelou, and then second of all... Well, her, her poems. Right. But then second of all, just those words. Like, just to hear and to see what Justice had gone through and what she was going through. And right. what Lucky was going through. That is, that was just so, you know, representative of what people, what black people go through. Facts. And I just, I just love that movie. Indeed. Plus, I love Demita Joe. Okay. I love Tupac. Come on. So, yeah, that was a good movie. Can you imagine what Tupac would have done in, in film if he had lived? I mean, it would be, it would be like epic. I don't know. I could see him owning his own production. Yes, mm-hmm. and writing, producing, directing. Yep. I feel Man. like he he would he would probably he would maybe still be making music, but I feel like he would be like an Ice Cube type. Right. I agree. Like, dang, it just gave me film some and I mean, I just TV. He was to me. Tupac was more than a rapper. Absolutely. He was more than a rapper. Tupac for the culture. Tupac for the culture. Dang. B? I know. Thanks for indulging me on that. You know I love a good movie. I know. Are we going to talk about our honorable mentions? Yeah. Who's your honorable mention? Um, My honorable mention. I don't know if anybody has seen this because some people haven't. New Jersey Drive. I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, my goodness. It it's kind of like a Minister Society kind of-esque. Gotcha. But it's about um, this guy. And I've never seen him in anything else. Um, but it's got the guy that was in... He's been in everything. He was in Clueless. What was the, the black guy that was in, in Clueless with the mole? Um, He's a... Uh, dang. You know so who he's I'm talking a, about. He's a gooding. Yes. Yeah. So he's in it. Um, and there's a lot of like people that have not been in anything else, but it's basically about these young teenage guys growing up in New Jersey. And it's this one guy who these are his friends and he doesn't really want to partake in like carjackings and doing all this kind of stuff, but he kind of gets sucked into it with peer pressure. Right. Um, so it's just a really good movie and I never hear people really talk about it. Um, but it's, to me, it's a film that I really, really like. Also the movie have plenty I love that movie. Um, and I think on Rotten Tomatoes, it got like a horrible score. Get out um, of here. Or horrible rating. Yeah, and I don't know how I ended up watching this movie. I think it was on um, BT late, I mean, not BT, HBO late night one time years ago, and I ended up watching it. It's got like chili, chilies in it. It's a whole bunch of just random people in this movie. But it's basically about, the name of the movie is Half Plenty. Okay. And... The main um, character, female character in the movie, her name is Haviland. And the main actor in the movie, his name is Lee Plenty. Oh, I... And he... Okay. They're like, you know, went to college. This is like all these 
college buddies and they get back together and Lee has been in love with Hav but Hav is dating Hill Harper and he's like this stuck up bougie jerk and of so course. they have this laugh about if we got married your name would be Hav Plenty so it's just it's a love story and it's like Do a romantic comedy or you don't want to I don't want to tell you okay but it's a good movie it, it's just a really good movie so if you guys are listening and you have time check out Hav Plenty and New Jersey Drive awesome black films so, some of my honorable mentions are The Butler. Okay. Lee Daniels is The Butler. Um, Players Club. Uh-uh, I just came to dance for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we finna run a train on this nigga. Choo-choo. Girl, listen. I went to the, y'all from the country, uh-uh. I went to the drive-in to see that. Did you? Yeah, I went to the drive-in to see um, Players but Club. You were with friends, I hope. No, I was with my, I was with adults. Oh. Girl, shameful. Shameful. But no, let me tell you how the drive the drive in works. If you're not someone who has, I said drive in, right? I didn't say drive in. You did. You said okay. drive in. <laughs> so what they do is at the beginning they play kitty movies, PG thirteen movies. Oh, so okay. So what is supposed to happen is the kids are supposed to fall asleep by the time the grown up movie comes out. That don't happen. Never happens. Mm-mm. I went there to see that. So yeah, I went to the players. I mean, I went to the drive in to see Players Club. <laughs> I got something to say, but I'll wait. What? Uh, nothing. That's just a shame. I promise I had home training, y'all. Believe- See, the difference you, between me. Sure? Yes. Okay. She's not half raised. She's fully raised. The difference between me and these kids today is I did what I was told and not what I saw. Right. I okay. can watch it. You just can't act on it. Because okay. ass would be whooped good and quick. So, I mean, I didn't. my mama didn't have these problems because we watched stuff, you know, and it, I don't, but I didn't go. I don't think I went there with my. I didn't go there with my mom. No, no. no. It was with another adult that was probably babysitting me okay. and was like, "We're going to see this movie." They had no business taking <laughs> exactly. But I did go to the um, drive through to see it. Okay. I also, um, girl, I don't know how I left this one out. Eve's Bayou. Yes, I love Journey Smollett, and they had an all star cast Make too. It good. If you think about it, mm-hmm. Samuel oh, Jackson. We didn't talk about. Um, well, that's not it's not all black, but Django is a good movie. Was a good yep. movie to me too. Django was good. Um, blank man gets an honorable mention. Yes, from back he in was the, the first black superhero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> J five, J five. <laughs> do you remember Meteor Man? I do. Oh my god, that was a good movie. It was. How did we not say the five heartbeats? See, that gets into a whole nother five heartbeats, temptations. Like we can't do that. Five Heartbeats got to be in there, bruh. Okay. Five Heartbeats is a good movie. That's not even an honorable mention. That's like no. a, a fave. That's a fave. Okay. That's for the culture. Okay. I'll give you that. Um. So, anybody else? No, I think that's pretty much it. I think we got the, the, the gist of them. I mean, we could go on and on. But those are some of the, the top ones that come to mind. Just, you know, with us chatting about it and, you know, sharing it with everybody. Facts. So... What inspired you this week or what's funny or what inspired me this week? Well, to be honest, what inspired me this week? Several things. Okay. The first thing was obviously Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, and the soundtrack, the imaging, um, the message, the themes, just it being during Black History Month and this film debuting 
on the birthday of Huey P. Newton, mm-hmm. um, that really inspired me and it, and it just made me proud and it made me happy to see everybody so energized and charged. And I just hope that we can keep this momentum, keep being great, work together to, to make change, not only with film, but with politics and policies, education. Um, another thing that inspired me was just, and I don't, I don't really know how to wrap this up, but from being in healthcare, you know, I deal with so many black folks who don't, understand their health and don't know that a lot of things that you put into your body is harming you and that you have the power to to stop it or to change it and to question authority just because your doctor tells you something doesn't mean that it's gospel like you have the right to to ask questions and to refuse to do certain things if you feel like it will be detrimental to your health or your child's health and just to see the amount of black moms who are breastfeeding who are doing research and giving yes. their children supplements and refusing certain vaccinations in a short time frame, you know, that can be linked to autism and, you know, seizure disorder and eczema and asthma, just seeing the the masses of us educating ourselves in this regard and saying, no, I don't want my child to have anything but the bare necessities. Right. And the reason why is because I'm his mom and I said no. Right. To see that challenge good challenge with authority as far as health related stuff goes has really inspired me to even take better care of myself. So nice. That's what has inspired I know I'm getting worked up, but no, it just I makes me happy that. to see us taking control and not just saying, give me another pill, give me another pill. Right. So what about you? I love that. Several things um, inspired me also. And I was going to talk about Black Panther, but I saw something else that I'd rather discuss. I want to read this for you guys. So we have a friend, um, her name is Antonia, and she posted something. Well, she reposted a post that Joe Breeze put up this week. And I just want to read it because it just meant so much to me. I was like, exactly when I was done reading it. And the post says... Or reads, so you mean to tell me that someone down your ancestry line survived being chained to other human bodies for several months in the bottom of a disease-infested ship during the Middle Passage, lost their language, customs, and traditions, picked up the English language as best they could while working free of charge from sunup to sundown as they watched babies sold from out of their arms and women raped by ruthless overseers, took names with no last names, no birth certificates, no heritage of any kind, braved the Underground Railroad, survived the Civil War to enter into sharecropping, learned to read and write out of sheer will and determination, faced the burning crosses of the KKK, averted their eyes at the black bodies swinging from ropes hung on trees, fought in world wars as soldiers to return to America as boys, marched in Birmingham, hosed in Selma, Jailed in Wilmington, assassinated in Memphis, segregated in the South, ghettoed in the North, ignored in history books, stereotyped in Hollywood, and in spite of it all, someone in your family line endured every era to make sure you would get here, and you receive one rejection, face one obstacle, lose one friend, and you want to quit? How dare you entertain the very thought of quitting? People you will never know survive from generation to generation so you could succeed don't quit don't you dare let them down and i just thought that was so that was a whole word that was powerful like wow i have ancestors that 
couldn't read or started trying to read but would get beaten or worse, you know, harmed in a major way or he was right. Like somebody in my lineage somebody. made it here on a ship in the bottom where people were urinating. Diff- and I hate to get so, you know, explicit, but I mean, that's what it is what it out. is. It's no use in sugarcoating it. Exactly. This is what happened. Growing up, there were dead bodies down there. Some people, you know, and this isn't even um, a cowardice, but some people jumped, you know, but somebody in my family stayed down there, made it to the Americas, made it through slavery and whatever it was they were doing, whether it was picking cotton or something else. And now I'm here and I have no right. I mean, as a human being, I have a right to get upset but some of the more minuscule things, I just have no right to worry about. Right. And so I thought that was a really good, inspiring thing for me. I shared it with several people. I didn't repost awesome. it, but I shared it with several people this week. Then just think, like, in the bottom of that ship, how long it would take them to get there. Like, what if somebody was pregnant? What if somebody went into labor and had a baby in there? Yep. That's just, that is crazy mm-hmm. to think that that actually happened. Like, that's why, what's the quote by James Baldwin? To be be conscious in black in America is, is to be, like, in a rage all the time. Mm-hmm. Like oh, if, that's true. If you think about that, there's no way that you you can't, you don't get upset. That is I a, get upset when I think about it. That is a whole it. truth, and often. Jesus. And then people want to, want you to just pretend like, you know, these things don't exist or didn't exist or that we're far removed from it. It's, anyway, um... Yeah, so some things I don't, well, something I don't want you guys to forget. If you are in the Charlotte area, they are doing a showing of I Am Not Your Negro. Speaking of James Baldwin, you just brought him Girl, up. Girl, I just, God be knowing. He be putting uh-huh. it in. He be, he be giving it to me. Thank you, God. Exactly. So, <laughs> per usual, the Charlotte Mecklenburg Library, which is amazing. They Last time I looked, they had 40 openings left. Okay. So if you're hearing this, whenever you're hearing this, you might want to go ahead and register. If you just go to CM for Charlotte Mecklenburg, cmlibrary.org, you can register. Um, it's going to be this Friday night from 6 to 8, and it's written by James Baldwin, directed by Raul Peck, and I, I'm not sure if um, Samuel Jackson might be doing some of the commentary. I'm not I believe. sure. Um, but the address is 310 North Tryon Street, but you do have to register. And then, of course, um, if some people who register don't show up, then they'll have, like, a waiting list. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. Anything you want people to remember this upcoming week? Or you got any news you want to share? Just be black and proud, folks. That's it. Just just I'm, be black. I got on my black, smart, and proud. Yes, right black, now. smart, and proud. Just be black and proud and prosperous. That's all I got to say. And go watch Black Panther if you haven't seen it. If you didn't care about spoilers and you made it to the end of the episode, that's great. But please, just go buy a ticket and see the movie for yourself. See what we're talking about. You will not regret it. Buy yourself a ticket and buy somebody else a ticket. That way you have someone to go with and talk to. Exactly. What's your good word for the good people? My good word for the good people is, since we talked about, you know, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And in retros I just got. <laughs> oh my, my good word for the good people is to just do it. I like that. Just do it. 
Of course. Isn't that what Nike says? Yes. Just do it. If there's something that you want to do, just do it. If there's a situation that you want to get out of, just, just do it. Just do That's it. That's true. If there's some money that you want to make, just do it. Do whatever is going to get you to your best self. Yeah. Just do it. If you need to lose weight, you know you got to work out. Girl, just do me. it. If you need to I'm eat better, do just do it. If you need to pray more, just do it. If you need to affirm yourself more, just do it. Do not wait on people to validate you. Just do it. Like you that. are enough. That's my word for the good people. I like that. Thank you. What's good yours? My good word for the good people is that excellence is your birthright. Yes, it is. Hallelujah. Um, and on top of that, you do not have permission to be mediocre. Mm -hmm. It's just not a part of who we're supposed to be. And this week on Facebook, I wrote a status regarding Black Panther. And it just said, or just read, Black Panther is not just another superhero. It'll change the culture as we know it if we let it, which is the most important part for me. And I said, our children will evolve because of this film. And it's just reverting back to it. It's more like a conversation starter to get us, to catapult us to the next steps. Mm -hmm. um, and I really did walk away from the film. I already know I'm amazing. It's not egotistical. It's this is what's in my ancestry. Yeah. Um, but just watching the movie reaffirmed that for me. And I just want to remind you guys that if you're listening to this show, especially if you're black, like you come from great stock. You don't have permission to be lazy. You don't have permission to give up. Preach. It is your birthright to be a phenomenal being and to leave your mark on the world. And it's my suggestion that you get to getting. Start doing it right now. Just do it. Like, exactly. Same message. Just did. <laughs> All right, guys, as a call to action, we want to know what are some of your favorite movies? What are your favorite comedies, your favorite black love stories? And what did you love about Black Panther? Because I know all of you went to see it. You better. You better. Uh, you better. <laughs> I can't with her. You guys can reach us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You know, we're the Culture Shock Podcast on SoundCloud, uh, and you can email us at blackcultureshockpodcast at gmail.com. We always look forward to hearing from you, laughing with you, hearing your stories and your commentary about our previous shows. And we can't wait to see you guys or talk to you guys next week on episode nine. Episode nine. Already. One episode away from ten by that point. I know. It's going to be lit. <sighs> Just like Black Panther was so lit. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a girl named Tiffany. And I'm Courtney B. And we headed out to Wakanda. <laughs> I done booked my first class flight. Got my legs up. Got me some shampoo. Did you get me a seat next to you? Is it still available? I got I you a coach book. seat. Uh-uh, girl. You going? Don't do me. Uh -uh. What you going now? No, so no, no. I, I'll let that. you get it. I'll, I'll get you in first class with me. Uh-uh. We'll <laughs> see you guys next week. We out. We out. <laughs>